this week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventure in Acts with Eutychus raised from the dead, Paul to the Ephesian elders, parts one and two, Paul lands at Tyre, and Paul makes his way to Jerusalem. Da-da-da-dum! Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. They are perhaps the most famous friends in the Bible, at least in the Old Testament, David and Jonathan. Some liberal Bible scholars and some skeptics speculate that David and Jonathan were more than friends. Does the actual account in the Bible bear that out in any way whatsoever? And what should we understand about the bond between these two men and the place it played in David eventually becoming the promised king? Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us to look at the account of David and Jonathan in 1 Samuel 18 and 20, Pastor Tom Baker, host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Uh, Thank you. What did it mean here in this account that it says, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul? That's chapter 18, and it's the first verse. It meant that Jonathan had a real liking to David. He was his friend. And net to his own soul is explained by the part you read. Jonathan loved him as his own soul. It's, it's kind of like sometimes brothers have that love that because they're of the same family, have the same parents, they really care for each other. And you often hear of an older brother protecting a younger brother or a sister or this kind of thing. And that's the kind of relationship that Jonathan had with David. How did Saul react when the people were saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Yes, that's found in verse 7 of chapter 18. What happened was David had defeated the Philistines, and when he came and returned to Jerusalem, the women sang to one another as they were celebrating Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. Now, that saying in the next verse, Saul was very angry because he said, these women have ascribed to David ten thousands and to me they've ascribed thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? And verse 9 is very important. And Saul eyed David from that day on. In other words, he was really inspecting David in everything that David did because Saul was under the impression that with all this 
wonderful gratitude on the part of women, David would then try to become king and take it away from Saul. And so that's why Saul was not very happy with David at all. What happened to continue to turn Saul against David? Well, what happened is that he was going to give him his oldest daughter in marriage, but he gave that to someone else, Saul did. But then his daughter's Michael, she loved David very much. And Saul decided, well, let me give her, that daughter, to David, that she may be a snare for him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. And so that's what happened. David married her, but then, of course, Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. And, well, David was pleased, and he arose and went along with his men, and Saul had told him, that he would have to kill 200 Philistines to marry his daughter. And he went ahead and did kill 200 Philistines, namely the enemy. And this was something that did not make Saul happy at all because he had hoped that David would have been killed in that process. So pretty soon, Saul got even more angry at him, and twice he attempted to kill David. And David fled and came before Jonathan asking, What have I done? What is my guilt? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? And Jonathan said to him, Far from it. You shall not die. Behold, my father does nothing, either great or small, without disclosing it to me. And so Jonathan was there to protect David. What signal did David and Jonathan work out to indicate if it was safe or not for David to return? Well, Jonathan was going to find out from his father what his thinking was toward David. And he said, and this is verse 18 of chapter 20, Tomorrow is the new moon and you will be missed because your seat will be empty. That is when they had a meal and the king would recognize it. And then I want you to go down quickly to the place where you hid yourself and remain beside the stone heap. And I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I shot at a mark. And I will have a young man with me, and I will say, go find the arrows. Now, if I say to the young man, look, the arrows are on this side of you, take them, then you are to return to Jerusalem, for as the Lord lives, it is safe for you, and there is no danger. But if I say to the youth, look, the arrows are beyond you. Then to David he said, Go, for the Lord has sent you away. 
And as for the matter which you and I have spoken, behold, the Lord is between you and me forever. And that's what happened when David hid himself in the field and Jonathan shot arrows beyond the young boy, giving the indication to David that he should flee. What happened when Saul noticed that David was not at the feast? Well, he asked his son, Jonathan, why is David not here? And he said, well, David came to me and he asked me of me leave to go to Bethlehem for my clan holds a sacrifice in the city. My brother has commanded me. So now I have found favor in your eyes. This is David talking to Jonathan. Let me get away and see my brothers. And for this reason, he has not come to the king's table, Jonathan said to Saul. Now, when Saul heard that, his anger was kindled against Jonathan. Verse 30, he called him you son of a perverse, rebellious woman. Do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. So Saul not only was now angry with David, he was also angry with Jonathan. And it is at that point that Jonathan went out to the field and shot the arrows, and David and he came together in saying goodbye to one another. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We are teaching a Sunday school lesson on David and Jonathan. When we come back, how did David and Jonathan eventually part ways? sanctified us in the true faith. Listen to chapel services live weekday mornings from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Morning Chapel from Kramer Chapel. Live weekday mornings at 9 Central, 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain, and 7 Pacific at issuesetc.org. Job saw the city as a wasteland, as if devoid of God, witnessing injustice to the poor by the corrupt, lawlessness of criminals, trafficking of children, blatant immorality, thinking God could not see wicked deeds done in the dark of night. Yet God never abandoned Job, nor his city, groaning for mercy. God is working through the living Redeemer, hands etched with salvation, pointing to the resurrection to come. Join us at lcms.org slash citymission to seek peace and shine the light in the city. Educating a new generation of Lutherans, you're listening to Issues Etc. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. 
Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. The lives of God's people are guided by their faith. Through faith, they receive forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. By faith, they seek to live godly lives. It is in that living and in the events surrounding their lives, the godly men in Genesis, that there are glimpses of the greatest and only person to live a perfectly godly life, Jesus. That's an excerpt from the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for September, The Messianic Message, Predictions, Patterns, and the presence of Jesus in the Old Testament. You'll find it at our website, issuesetc.org, or call Concordia Publishing House and order the Messianic Message, 1-800-325-3040, 1-800-325-3040. We're teaching a Sunday School lesson on David and Jonathan. In 1 Samuel 18 and 20, Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. So how did David and Jonathan part ways? Well, after he shot the arrows, and the boy went and picked them up, and then he was gone. David rose from behind the stone heap he was hiding behind and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. And to Jonathan, it says they kissed one another and wept with one another. Now, that kissing was something that you often see in movies, uh, particularly in France, where they kiss one another on the cheek or whatever, and it is kind of a handshake. That's what we do today. We don't kiss people, but we shake hands with them. And it says, they wept with one another, David weeping the most. And finally, Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you, and between my offspring and your offspring forever. And then David rose and departed, and Jonathan returned back to Jerusalem. And that's how they departed from one another. What would David do after he was no longer welcome in Saul's house? Well, what he did, he went back to the prophet Samuel, and he lived there a while. And he also, of course, continued to fight against the Philistines. He fled to Gath, and that's how he fled from Saul and went to Ashish, the king of Gath, and the servants of Ashish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances about how he had killed 10,000? And David took these words to heart and kind of was afraid of Ashish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands, and made marks on the doors of the gate, and let his spit run down his beard. Then Ashes said to his servants, 
Behold, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack man-men that you have brought this fellow to behave as a man-men in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? And so David departed from there and escaped to a cave in Adolam. And that's where he remained until it was time for him to continue to do the work of God. What should the Sunday school children know about David and Jonathan's friendship? Some liberal theologians even teach that they were gay. Yes, there is no indication at all that they were gay. They were very, very good friends. It would be like two brothers greeting one another, hugging one another, maybe kissing each other on the cheek. Well, that doesn't mean that they are gay at all. And you see, they were following the Lord's will. It's very, very important for the Sunday school teachers to get across to the students that even though Saul wanted to kill David, David did not want to kill Saul because Saul was king. And therefore, David was obeying the fourth commandment to honor those who had been put in authority over us even when we would disagree with some of their decisions. That's a very important point for the Sunday school children to realize that therefore they also honor their parents when they may disagree with their parents and love them and be willing to take care of them. So it's very important that if they were that correct in the fourth commandment, then they also would be that correct in the other commandments, including the sixth commandment that talks about inappropriate sexual behavior between people. And so it's very clear that they loved the Lord, they were following his commandments, and it's a good opportunity for the Sunday school teacher to go over the meaning of the commandments on the basis of Martin Luther's small catechism to help them to understand what was the great message of God to both Jonathan and David. And it was clear that the Holy Spirit had moved Jonathan to really love David to such a degree that he would be willing to give up his kingdom, which Jonathan did do. The way he did that is he gave David his robe, and then he gave him his sword and other items that he wore, which meant he was turning over to David the kingdom that should have been Jonathan's because he was the son of Saul. But he was aware of the fact that David would be king after Saul. Finally, what's the long gospel of this lesson? The long gospel is, first of all, the law, that we often shatter our relationships with others because we don't like them. The book of Proverbs indicates that when you have an enemy 
and he is hungry, you give him some food. If he is thirsty, you give him drink. It's not that you have to really love him, but the Bible verse used in enduring faith for this lesson is Proverbs 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times, and they have a great exercise to have the students write down who are their friends and the qualities of having a good friend. But the gospel is that we have the greatest friend in Jesus Christ. As God the Father so loved us, he gave his son to die on the cross for our sins. And thereby, when we trust in Jesus and realize what a friend he is to us, we are then motivated by the Holy Spirit to be a friend to others in helping them in their need. We are not saved by our works, but our works give evidence to God that we truly love Jesus by loving the neighbor and taking care of them. It's a wonderful law and gospel lesson, this lesson of Jonathan and David. Pastor Tom Baker hosts a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thanks. And thank you. In our two of Issues Etc., we'll be looking forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary, the Gospel reading in Luke 7, Jesus Raising a Widow's Son. Pastor Peter Bender will be our guest. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. You're invited to October Fiesta, Friday night, September 22nd at St. Paul Lutheran School in Hamill, Illinois. October Fiesta features authentic Mexican cuisine, desserts from Cruda Bakery, a festive mariachi band, and of course, plenty of Mexican beverages. Tickets are $25. Proceeds benefit St. Paul Lutheran School, the only classical Lutheran school in greater St. Louis. Learn more at school.stpaulhamill.org. October Fiesta is sponsored in part by Ernst Heating and Cooling, Vallow Floor Coverings, Seavers Equipment, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, Baker Construction, Bunker Hill Chiropractic, and Lutheran Public Radio. October Fiesta, Friday night, September 22nd at St. Paul Lutheran School in Hamill, Illinois. School.stpaulhamill.org.